and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. I'm J-Mac, your host for this one. You Got the Silver, our special podcast to celebrate our brand new manager with Premier League and European experience. Marco Silva, welcome to the Fulham family. Let's talk everything we can expect from our new gaffer from some of our team. The maker, Danny Boy-Smith, alongside regular hosts Matt Proclair, Matt Dom and Ben Robinson are all here to discuss a new chapter of Fulham. Let's go. Fulham. Right, lads. So we have a new manager. And you know what? <laughs> it's um, We've had a few teasing few days. It was a bit of fool's gold before we got silver because we had, you know, old Chris Wilders at Motspur Park and we had, like, what is it? Steve Cooper's at Motspur Park. He's already chatted to the team. Yeah, he's there. It's already signed. But I've got to say, I think I'm I think I'm happier with silver than, than all that crap, to be honest. I, I want to know all your thoughts. What are your thoughts? I'll start with you. I'll start with you, Danny. Yeah, I think my overriding feeling at the moment is just relief that it's all over. Uh, it was a a long saga with with Parker going to Bournemouth, and I think in the end, regardless of went to, whether he went to Bournemouth or not, it, it is time at the club to come to an end. It, it just we couldn't move forward with him the way it's dragged on, um, and the season just seems to be getting closer and closer. So I'm just relieved that we can start fresh now. Um, the 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 names that we were strongly linked with, I thought at one point it was going to be Pereira. Uh, then it was um, Cooper was in the frame, like you said, Wilder uh, at the very last minute, and then and then it all changed to to Marco Silva. And I think weighing up the options, I think I'm most intrigued by the Silva appointment. And if anything else, I would say he's the best of an average bunch. Um, I don't think Wilder would have fit well with Fulham. I don't think the two would have gone hand in hand. Sometimes managers and clubs together just don't work. Um, I would have been very underwhelmed by the other two. So, uh, Silva, you know, there, there is flaws on his CV and people will look at the fact that his most recent activity as manager was uh, being sacked for being 18th with Everton. But, you know... <laughs> It's all, if, if a manager is unemployed, the chances are that it ended on, on a downward spiral at some point. Uh, and we're a club that have just been relegated. So we were never going to be in a position to go for a manager whose stock was higher unless they was a manager from the lower leagues who would see Fulham as a big step up for them. So I think this is a typical Fulham appointment. Uh, go for someone who is a calculated risk. He's got a lot of experience in this country now. Um, and if you look at the jobs he did at Hull, Watford, and then Everton, uh, when he had Everton in eighth, I think I think there's a lot of positives to take there. And people question maybe his commitment to each club because he doesn't stick around for long. But we was in a very similar position with Chikanovic. We was his seventh club. Uh, or his seventh job as a manager, and he'd never spent anywhere longer than 21 months. So it's very similar in that respect, and that worked out fine. Um, and I think of all the appointments the Khans have made so far, I would say Silver is the most comparable with Dukanovic. So, like I said, I'm intrigued, and I am very optimistic for the start of the season. I agree. And I've got to say, you touch on it, it's a very Fulham appointment there. He's quite like, it's quite a sexy appointment, isn't it? In the sense, he looks like a sort of Portuguese Johnny Cash, Count Dracula sort of vibe, the man in black sort of thing going on. It's just like, as you were saying, 
I'll go to you, Ben. Chris Wilder and Steve Cooper, not exactly, don't look like your standard Fulham sort of bosses, do you? No, I think that style of football that comes from those two as well isn't exactly Fulham, uh, especially what we've been accustomed to over the last sort of six, seven seasons, uh, a nice style of play. Um, you look at um, it's Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. Um, I'm not a fan of Wilder anyway, but as I made clear in the group chat. But um, yeah, he's just not a typical Fulham appointment. We don't tend to put in sort of lower league managers. We tend to try and sort of push the boat out and get the best you can. And with Silva... Like Danny said, it ended on a downward spiral last time at Evan. But his first season, he finished eighth. So it's not like they were terrible. And every manager at Evan in the last, well, since Devin Moyes left, has had a hard time. No one's enjoyed it up there. Probably because it's not a nice mm. place to live. That doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. It's going to be a, a nice change to the style of play. Probably the best of the bunch, I guess. And before we move on to the sort of nostalgia that he's going to be bringing with him, Frenchie, you you're, you were saying to me when you thought it was Chris Wilder, you're still fairly underwhelmed and you were underwhelmed certainly by the appointment of Steve Cooper. I just want to know your your thoughts and if this has maybe just rejuvenated you slightly. Yeah, I was completely underwhelmed by the thought of Cooper, Wilder, Eddie Howe, not fussed about Eddie Howe either because I think Eddie Howe has only ever done it at Bournemouth, where he spent his entire career as a player. Um, and, and also, he went to Burnley and it didn't work out for him at Burnley and he quickly moved back. So there's a big question mark over Eddie Howe and whether whether or not he can be successful at any place other than at Bournemouth. And if there's one thing we've learned from the Scott Parker thing, plenty of us don't want another guinea pig uh, to, you know, to, to use us as their their tester to see, to see if they're capable. So... Um, I think, and also the Pereira rumour as well, that the last thing you want is an assistant manager coming in and taking over. That This is a, a, a period for us where we're looking for a shot in the arm as a club. We've had a, another crap season follow, following a, a decent season. And, and, and this needs to be now some kind of progress that, to build upon. Is Marco Silva the right man? Who knows? But Danny said, you know, it's a calculated risk. Um, and anything's going to be a risk at this point because who's going to mm. want to come to Fulham who is a super successful coach who's on at the top of their game? Nobody, because we've just been relegated and really the squad needs uh, rebuilding over a period of time. So I think I think it's a decent appointment and it's, as Ben said, probably the, the best of the bunch at the moment and and because of who he brings with him as well. It's, it's quite inspiring and it's, it's got, you know, it's got us excited again about the prospect of watching Fulham. Well, it's certainly an ambitious appointment and you compare it to when Parker was appointed, he brought in Matt Wells and people from the under 18s at Spurs, not too much experience there. He's got a very nice tidy backroom staff going on. One of whom, who we all know is of course, Boa Morte. And I will go straight to you, Matt Don, because this is one of your favourite players, if not your favourite Fulham player of all time. And I just want to get your general thoughts about this appointment, but of course the nostalgia and how we're all going to be buzzing and rocking again to see him back at the cottage. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm certainly not alone of people of my kind of my kind of era, late late twenties into the thirties. I think you you don't have to go far to find someone who would would call him their favourite player. Um, he was an absolute. I mean, he's Fulham elite, isn't he? He's he was an absolute legend for us. He was a superb player. We got his we got his best years on the pitch. Um, you know, he just the proper Fulham. Like, everything about him is Fulham, right? And to see him back is going to be brilliant. It, obviously, it's different. He's not going to be playing. <laughs> he probably could still 
uh, outperform a couple of the lads in the squad. But um, anyone yeah, in particular, mate? No, no one. I'm not thinking of anyone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Not a single player. <laughs> we're, not, we're not here to not here to bring everyone down about who's returned to training today, are we? But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's an absolute legend, and I, I can't I can't speak for his record as as an assistant or as as a member of staff because I think he was I think he was briefly at the club, wasn't he, in the under twenty threes or some, something like that? I don't know exactly, but and you don't really hear much about how the assistant does you never say you know you never hear of a, a manager getting sacked because their assistant is crap or anything like that but you know he, he obviously could do a good job because otherwise Marco Silva wouldn't be keeping him as, as his right-hand man so you know what, what I kind of hope apart, apart from how great it's going to be to see him back I, I kind of hope that he might help keep Marco a bit grounded you know he the club obviously means a lot to him he means a lot to us and you might you there's all that talk about silver not staying very long at clubs and um you know leaving under a cloud and all that kind of thing if he's got someone here who says you know what don't piss this lot around because i've spent my best years here he might maybe maybe it's a match made made for us and maybe it's going to really kickstart us as a club again um really looking forward to seeing him back on, on on the on the touchline for sure and Freddie, what are your thoughts on Boa Morte, mate? You think you're going to be excited to see him? I just like your thoughts if you think this has been a, a quite a clever appointment by the Cairns to get the fans back on side a bit after this whole chaos. Um, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if the Cairns would have had any kind of idea at all about what Boa Morte means to the supporters here. But what I will say is I think the assistant manager is always kind of the person who's got who who the players go to, you know, the players have got his ear. So if they want to slag anybody off or bitch and moan about anything, rather than go to the manager, they go to the assistant manager. And what I'd like to assume with Boa Morte is that he might be able to do a bit of coaching as well and coach some of our uh, some of our faster players. You know, the likes of Kamara, Bobby Reed, Cavalero, Knockart make them be a bit more aggressive, a bit more direct um, and explosive like he was. He was exciting to watch. He was a flair player who'd go past players. He'd forever take players on. And a lot of our wingers, they kind of, they they head towards the byline and then they cut back inside and they never kind of commit to fully going past a, a player like Boa Morte would. And I think certain individuals at this club have got the pace to do that. And it would be really, really good to to see if I, I don't know whether he's any good as a coach. You know, one one man could be superb, you know, at doing something, but then not very good at teaching other people how to do it. I don't know, but I'd like to think that he'd be good at that, and he could bring that to to the team as well as you know, really lifting the crowd because just having him there on the sideline is is going to be you know is going to be something special for us i think next season i feel like it'll be interesting it'll be really nice just to hear some songs sung about him once again oh ben i want to go to you really quickly do you have any idea what sort of formations or how attacking the silver system might be compared to scott parker's as such i mean i know obviously at watford apparently it was some of the most scintillating stuff they'd seen just before he got the call to go to everton and had a bit of a snaky moment but i just like your thoughts of how attacking we can expect this marco silver team to be I mean, his main style of play seems to be get those fullbacks forward um, and bomb on. Uh, mm. According to transfer market, it's mainly a four-two-three-one he plays. Uh, anything's got to be more attacking than Scott Parker, surely sure. at this point. Sure. <laughs> After the last year, anything's going to look bloody drastic, isn't it? 
Yeah, so I mean, it will be quite interesting to see, like um, like Frenchie mentioned, seeing the fullbacks get forward, the wingers get forward, and hopefully having a bit more sort of attacking desire when we're getting down the wings as opposed to keeping the ball. Because it's all well and good keeping the ball, but as we've seen, you're not going to score goals, you're not going to win games. And maybe with better wingers, or wingers doing a better job on the wing, you could look at Pleasant Mitrovic getting more service as opposed to being isolated for 90 minutes and getting four touches. Um, or the ball smacked mm. at his chest from 30 yards away. You know, if we can get service to him, he will score. We've proved that before. So hopefully we can get him. Hopefully we can keep him. That's the main one, I guess. Well, let's, let's go on straight to that. Uh, Dom, your thoughts on the Mitrovic scenario? Because do you think... I think there is a rumour that Marco Silva has already said he's a big fan of Mitrovic. God knows if that's going to keep him here or not. I just want your thoughts on if Mitrovic could potentially stay and emphasise in a much greater light under a Marco Silva system. Yeah, I think in my head it's kind of 50-50 if he stays. I think we've got a chance. I think mm. if I think if Silva you know says to him you're the main man, you're going to play every game. You've got 46 games to score as many goals as you can. We're going to play attacking football. We're going to get crosses into you. We're going to get you 50 touches a game, whatever. Then then potentially yeah. But I I do fear as well that Last season, the damage has been done. Um, we, we, we're probably never going to know exactly what happened. Uh, there's obviously rumours that Mitra fell out with Parker and undeniably Mitra had his, his worst time at the club last season for us. Um, so if that's weighing on his mind, he might be looking to go out to, to leave. And in that case, we, we obviously can't stand in his way should we get the right kind of offer. Um, from his point of view, it's like, you know, he's stepped back two years, isn't he? Um, and he might not have the motivation to do it again. And I wouldn't blame him. But um, if he does stay, he's going to get service. He's going to score a lot of goals, I think. Um, if he does go, we're in trouble. We've got to find a 25-goal championship striker from somewhere, haven't we? Uh, for less than the money that we we, we get for him. Um, yeah, who knows? It, it, it's a... It's a really really difficult one um and i hope he can be convinced to stay because he could get his mojo back um but you, you just don't know if his head's gone then then it might be best for us to 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 move on but maybe silver part of the reason to convince him to join was that we were gonna we promised him that we'd we'd keep hold of our best players um i'd certainly wouldn't want to join a club just got relegated and then a week later your 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 only striker gets sold because then then where does that leave That's you right. as a manager right so who knows? Um, I'd like to think I'd like to think he's going to stay, and if he does, I think we've got a good chance of going back up. I think you're right, though. I think there's there's every chance that he could just go. Actually, I've had enough of this last season for whatever reason. It didn't didn't happen for me here. I've hardly got any football, um, and and I want to leave. I think he's he's still a brilliant striker in the absolute prime of his career. And last time he was in the championship, what was it? Twenty six goals. You're yes. right. I mean, how on earth do you replace that? You, you, we, we won't be able to. There's nobody about around at the moment. Maybe in one of the one of the leagues that, that we don't know about. That you know, uh, Tony has a has a good sniff around for occasionally in League One or something in France. That there may be somebody. But what's the point if we can just do everything in our power to make Mitro feel like he's the king at this club, which he is? Then go all out and try and keep him. And you know, that's that's a job for, for whoever's doing the kind of director of footballing, whether it's Tony Khan or whether it's somebody else now. 
um, and and for Marco Silva to to say to him, look, all the while you're fit, you're the first name on the team sheet. Well, that links into a really nice point that I want to move on to. Danny, I just want to know, how how do you see Marco Silva getting on with a Fulham hierarchy? I mean, do you see changes happening or will it be the same old model for the new man to work with, i.e. Tony Khan signing a bunch of loans that may or may not work if we go up, sign a new team and then we just worry about it then? Or do you, do you think we might actually see a bit more of a long-term plan here? Do you think Silva's been given some sort of guarantee? Uh, it's, it's impossible to tell with the way the Khans have run the club so far. You'd like to think that the penny will drop one day you know, three relegations from the Premier League, a hat-trick will make them realise the way they're doing it isn't working. I did an article uh, a couple of months ago where, where I said in the article, I actually asked myself, would anyone else in the, any other club in the country appointed Tony Khan as a director of football? And the answer is such an emphatic no that it just seems ridiculous that we're even in this position. Fast forward five years or wherever it is, he's been in the job. And and I asked myself again, would anyone appoint him now with five years' experience? And the answer is still an emphatic no. And I think any managerial appointment, Parker, Jakanovic, uh, Ranieri, now Silva, they're, they're all just the front man for, for every, everything else to hide behind. And until we address the real problem... We're just going to go around in circles. We might have a spell where the manager does well. That will just paper over the cracks of how shit we run as a club. So we just we need to address the real problem. The real problem is Tony Khan should not be our director of football. I don't have an issue if he wants to help, you know, with with the the stats side of things. But the stats side of things should be an additional um, source of scouting players. Use your eyes. You, use your experience and your know how of living and breathing the game, someone who actually understands football and worked in football their whole life. I've got nothing personal against Tony Khan. It's just not the right man for the job. And it seems like Shahid has actually um, taken the front uh, foot with, with the silver appointment. He went and met him in Portugal and he seems a bit more hands-on this time. Yeah. I hope that's the case because it's about time as the custodian of the club, he took charge. He should be putting the right people in the right places. Tony Khan just concentrate on his wrestling or whatever he wants to do. I don't, I don't care about any of that. All I care about is Fulham Football Club. And we need somebody who's a permanent appointment, who is solely focused on Fulham with no distractions, and that can give Marco Silva the best possible platform to you know, give us a long-term success, a long-term plan. Even the transfer policy needs to change. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right in, in almost everything that you said there, mate. But I think the, um, the stats thing isn't a flash in the pan. I think that's something that everyone's using. And it's not just for transfers. You know, during training, the players wear their little vest top things, which track exactly what positions they're getting in and and how far they've run all that sort of stuff and it's it's everything is data driven in the sport these days so of course that's always going to be a huge part of uh, of, of the transfer strategy as well but like you say i i think you still need that still needs to be a, a much smaller percentage in comparison to having some experienced guys in the scouting network who are going out and watching players and seeing what they do and also 
the manager talking to those players when you bring them in to, to try and sign them to figure out what, what type of character they are? Are they going to fit in in the dressing room? All that sort of stuff. The stats should just be, I think it's definitely a relevant part of it, but it should be a much smaller part of it than it seems to be. I'm just not too convinced that you create a, you get a Marco Silva into the club without some sort of guarantee that some sort of change is happening. It's just it, it seems like a very big ambitious appointment for the championship for it to, to still be the old status quo of Tony Khan pulling all the strings. I mean, we've heard lots of more rumors that we don't want to delve into too much of just Tony Khan taking a huge step back, Javier Pereira coming in as director of football, a director of scouting. But we just don't know. It could be all bollocks because apparently Javier Pereira might be now going to Sheffield United to join Slav again. So we, we don't know. But I, I do get the vibe that there, there could be something on the horizon, a change of some sort. I just want to throw a spanner in the works there, lads, because I think we sit here and moan about our management and the way we run as a club. But how many clubs would give to be in our position? You look at some of the clubs, some of the fans, some of the management, the chairmen through the country. Um, realistically, 70 clubs below us would kill to be in our position. You know, yeah. Even being a yo-yo club, as Tony can't put it, which is not what we want, because um, you know we know we can be better than that. But how many teams would want to you know, give up what they've got right now and stop with us? Yeah, but you, you, have to strive, you have to strive to be the best that you can possibly be and not worry about what anybody else is doing. All those clubs beneath us, of course, yeah, they'll look up and think, it'd be great to be in, in the Championship. Those teams that are struggling, like you know, your you Boltons and even Sunderland, you know, are struggling to get out of the league below us. Of course they would. But from our point of view, we we as supporters can identify potentially that there's things wrong with the way that the, 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 our club is being run. We want to be in the Premier League. We want to go up and we want to stay up. And that's something that we haven't been able to do so far. So we're, we're, we are well within our rights to sit here and say, well, I think this is what we're doing wrong and this is why we keep going down. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing, I'm just... Sounds like uh, discussion point. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with you. The way it's the way it's run isn't ideal in any way. But um, you know, I just um, we all want to be in the Premier League, established top ten team. But yeah, see how it goes there. We should move on a bit from the cans now because we also want to keep this a sort of a mini celebration of such of Marco Silva. We can talk about what areas does a squad need to improve on or like where we can strengthen, but we can come to that in a transfer market pod in the future. I mean, discussion surrounding Mitrovic. I mean, I do know that Troy Deeney was fantastic under a Marco Silva system. I mean, and he also just likes a big stocky brute up front, like similar to Tussin from Everton. He just, he likes that sort of nice sort of big stocky physical striker and he might get the best out of Mitrovic, but it's just a question of not if he stays. I just want to go on to Matt Dom and I just want to know what if you can see any players improving under a Marco Silva system and um, if there are any players you could be seeing given a second chance. You're trying to get me to talk about AK again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do fine, it. Fine. Keep going. But, I, I, was to, I was trying to mention the stocky striker and it just didn't pay off. Yeah. Mind, it's, fine. It, it's, funny, it's funny you mentioned him because, I mean, you, you lads all know how much few of us in the group always complain about AK. What about the other AK? The other AK, yeah, I, you know what, I think AK47 expectations were low and he's, he's kind of proved them to me, right? AK from Brighton, he, I I was never a fan of the signing and because I thought he was a bit of a, I don't know, he's a bit of a snide little cheat, cheat kind of player, not very Fulham, if that makes sense. I didn't really like him very much, but I could see that there's there's a lot of ability there, right? 
Um, and he's disappointed me in the fact that he he looked a load of crap as well. Um, I don't know what happened. Again, it looks like from the outside, maybe he fell out of Parker as well because he didn't play very much and then got loaned out. Again, didn't do very well on loan. A second chance for him, maybe. I think in a more in a more attacking type of system where you you want your wingers driving at players, he he could he could thrive in that. And yeah. even Cavallari, there's the there's the Portuguese connection. We all know Cavallari is not a striker. He shouldn't have been playing up front. That's ridiculous. I think that's done him a lot of harm. But if you remember when we first got him for for a few months, he looked excellent. He looked absolutely excellent. I remember we we had a debate on the pod about was that the best kind of opening three goals that a Fulham player has ever scored? Because his first three goals for us were excellent. So there's a really good player in there. Obviously, he's, he's performed really well in this in this league for Wolves as well. So maybe he's got another chance. But the, the way we played didn't suit any of these players. Um, I think we've got... I think for this league, we've got... If we keep the players we've got, we've got quite a good set of attacking players. Maybe there's not a whole load of depth, but we've got some good players who have, who have been really good in this league in the past. And if you give them the right tools, give them the right system, maybe maybe they'll they'll all chip in with 10, 15 goals. And if they do that, and Mitro gets 20-odd and he stays, then, then we're in with a real good chance. I think we've got a manager more suited to the squad is what I'm trying to say now. I think it could work out with, with a few of the other players. And apart from AK, I wouldn't really be... I wouldn't be sad to see them go, but I, I'm happy to give them all a chance in this league because it's it, you know it, the, the slate starts again now with silver i think do you think we get a new captain this season because last few years when when kenny's been captain you know you you think that slav was manager then it wouldn't have made any sense to change captain mid-season when ranieri came in and then parker kind of all part of the same regime for the last few years and now it's an ideal opportunity when your captain doesn't really play that much and doesn't have much influence on the pitch either, change him. I'd change him and potentially, you you know, you could find yourself in another Boa Morte situation here. Give the captaincy to Mitrovic and keep it and under the premise that, you know, we want you to stay. Or maybe even Harrison Reed. What do you reckon, Ben? It's an absolutely perfect time to change it. Kearney's not played all of last season. Our leader from last season, Anderson's now left. So we're looking to fill that hole. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Who do you give it to? So, I mean, it's a tough one. Is Harrison Reed a leader? Who do we have been playing at centre-half now? Is Adrobio off? Who have we got left? Ream? He'll be retiring in a year's time. Big Hector. So, oh, Hector, yeah. He didn't play last season. It's a whole whole new regime. Start fresh with the new captain. But how often... I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I suppose it's more of a rhetorical question. How often do managers actually change the captain if that captain hasn't left the club I can't imagine that happens very often but who who knows maybe it's part of maybe it could be part of Mitrovic being convinced to stay Frenchie is there any anything you'd like to add on no I was just gonna um start talking about where where we where we think we're probably going to finish this season and what our ambitions are because it's, it's a it's yeah. a difficult one to kind of call isn't it um and I, I think the squad is equipped to compete for promotion as it is but it's so far away from ready to go up at the moment. And I think we just need to be really careful about what we wish for this season. I think this season firstly depends on the type of signings we make. If we bring in permanent players with a vision to build the squad up to last and improve upon over a period of time, then that's exactly what I want to see. 
But if we bring in championship level loans, then I really hope that we don't go up because then we're going to need a new squad when we get back into the Premier League. And that's just, as we said, been part of our failure for the last few years. Marco Silva is going to be judged on where we finish this season. So if we don't get promoted, then there's every chance that the club and the fans may want him to go if we don't go up this season. But I say if we finish top half and lay the foundations for a good, good squad to build upon the, the following season, then then I'd be happy with that as progress. So I'm going to say we're going to make the playoffs and lose this season, make a couple of brilliant signings next summer and then win the league in our second season back down and then stay up for a few years in the Premier League because that's, you know, that's that's got to be the aim, hasn't it now? It's quite a specific prediction, granted, but it's based around where I personally feel we've previously failed. Um, getting promoted twice is amazing. amazing. It's a, an incredible achievement. Um, yeah, fair play to Tony Khan for that. But the next stage is staying up. Um, that's the only way I think we're going to be able to do it. I think with a three-year contract that he has, I like to imagine that it's, it, he won't be judged too harshly if we don't get automatics or just off the playoffs this season. But I, I, I do fucking hope that we can just just have a nice little stab at automatics for a change for once done. What, what are your feelings of where we could end up this season and aspirations, as Frenchie said? Yeah, I think that's di- that's a difficult sell for Frenchie. I know that's the kind of... It's sensible, isn't it? That um, you take yeah. your time and do it properly, right? But you, you you try and tell Mitrovic that we're going to go up next season. You try and, you know... What what have you said to Marco Silva to get him on board? You're gonna you probably you're you're gonna throw everything at trying to get up straight back up in the Premier League, and then he can manage in the Premier League again next season. Any new signings, you're probably gonna say to them, "Our ambition is we're gonna go bounce straight back up and then stay in the league next year." Um, so while what, what French, it makes a lot of sense what he said, and I think it's probably probably the right approach, but I think we're gonna have to aim for aim for the autos, aim, you know, <laughs> aim to go up again, because I think that's going to be, I think that's the expectation of the fans. Uh, I think that's probably what Marcus Hill has been brought in for. And I think that's the only way we're really going to convince some of the players that that may otherwise leave, uh, Tosin, Mitrovic, Harrison Reed, who, who would probably say, right, I'm off to the Premier League then if you're, if you're planning to stay around here for a couple of years. Um, so I, I think we, we're going to have to aim aim for top two and try and get up. Anything outside the top two is not a catastrophic failure, but it's definitely not ideal. Anything outside top six is a failure. There's no uncertain terms about that. Um, we need to be going straight back up. The longer we stay out the Premier League, the more players we lose, uh, the more revenue we lose and parachute payments decrease. So we need to get back up there so we can fill that. New standout, but I'll pay back somehow, aren't we? Some finance that, but yeah, I, f- I think realistically, uh, given the the implications of of COVID over the last couple of seasons for most football clubs, I think we might see a similar pattern to last season with Norwich and Watford taking the top two, uh, Bournemouth finishing the playoffs as well, and it wouldn't surprise me if if the the three that went down are in the top six. Uh, I don't know what order. But uh, more through default than anything, I think most squads uh, are going to, um, you know, finance is, is, is going to determine uh, a lack of investment in, in most squads. And I just think but just by default, we might bully our way back. 
not not through the fact that I think we're anything special, but we got the parachute payments to fall back on. We got billionaire owners, uh, and we've got a half decent squad as it is. I, I just think I don't think we'll have to try too hard to get into that top six. And we know how slow slab sides start to the, start the season. Uh, they don't really uh, pick up his style of play until around Christmas. Time will tell whether that was just a Fulham thing or whether that's going to happen to Sheffield United as well. I'm going to take a guess and say that us and West Brom are just going to go straight back up uh, as a top two. Not through being anything special, just purely because I think if you're going to go down, this is probably the season two go down because the rest of the division is so weak. It, it's just going to be just a, an emotional occasion, I think, that Borough game. Uh, and seeing Barmorto in the touchline, honestly... My my absolute idol. I think the only person I could describe as my hero uh, from a sporting sense. And, you know, forget Parker. Parker, for me, Parker was irrelevant uh, as a player to Fulham. This is this is a legend we're talking about in Barmore. I, in my lifetime, there's not many that would be up there for popularity amongst the fans. He puts a smile on your face and... Just seeing, looking across from the Johnny Ainge stand, seeing him in that dugout is is going to be, is going to be some moment. So yeah, can't wait for that Borough game. Can't wait. Before we all close this off, lads, I'm hearing this beastly rumor that it might be coming home. But Frenchy, do you are you are you basically in the camp that this is going to be our competition for England this year? I've been around for long enough to have seen plenty of these tournaments and know that there's a massive letdown around the corner. Um, so I don't want to get my don't want to get my hopes up, but I, I see us beating Denmark on on Wednesday. Uh, but I, I think Italy will be in the final, and I just don't see us beating Italy at, um, on Sunday. But to get to a final would be amazing, uh, just to go the the whole stretch of the tournament. So fingers crossed, mm. eh? Matt Dom, you don't think it's going to be a Joachim Anderson ninety sixth minute winner against us, do you? That would be pretty hard oh, for the day. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think. I think I think on paper you've got to be beating Denmark if you've if you got past Germany with let's be honest not too much trouble. Yeah. Uh, apart from the the Müller thing, I think um, yeah, it, it's one us Spain or Italy, isn't it? Funnily enough, I've I've had this niggling feeling that Spain are going to scab their way to it. Some for some reason, there's really? something about watching them that they just sort of I don't know. I think they might just about do it. I think they, they, I think they've got luck on their side, but who knows? I think if we, if we face Italy in the final, I think we'll do it. If it's Spain, then it could be could go either way. But um, I think we'll definitely get to the final. Let's see. I, I, I fancy us at this point. Well, the vibes from Scarborough, Ben, tell me. I don't think many people are going to remember the final. To be honest, the states simply been in the pub, anything, but getting to the final now. I mean, there'll be absolute letdown, especially after last time losing the semi-finals, and we all thought we were going to do it. I can't see Denmark putting up any sort of fight. I thought Ukraine would be the the, uh, the tough one, the one that we slip up on. But uh, about three minutes, I stopped thinking that. So, uh, yeah, going on the final. It'd be, it'd be heartbreak to be in the final and lose, but it's like Europa League. If you're not there, you're never going to win it. So you've got to be there to win it, and you might lose it. That's, that's fucking that's, out of shell like that, wasn't yeah. it? 
Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it would be certainly a nice end to a summer after seeing Brentford, uh, you know, get promoted alongside Chelsea being the champions of Europe, for sure. I think it would be very nice if we actually won the Euros. Danny, I don't know how conflicted you are with your Italian heritage, but surely you, you'll be rooting for England a bit more, I hope, if we do make the final against those shit-housing bastards. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100% England all the way. I mean, I, I always um, follow Italy as like a second country, but when they play each other, there's there's no contest. I'm, I'm English, so I, I I think it's it's going to come home. Uh, say it quietly because, you, you know, you don't want to jinx it. Um, but, no, I've, I've really... They've really won me over, this, this team. Um, normally, I, I am someone that always puts Fulham first before before England but this time round there just seems they seem to be quite a special group of players and there just seems something different about them uh, they they seem more streetwise in how to get results mm. um they seem to do things the sensible way rather than the the hollywood way of of like the golden generation i don't know it, the fact that it's basically a home tournament now uh, the danger with denmark is they're playing for uh, Ericsson. Um and if you took that that factor away, I, I think it's a it should be a pretty straightforward win. But you know, I think they've they've got ex- extra motivation to do it. So it's a it's a potential dodgy game, but I just I just can't see passing them now. I think it's our it's our turn. It really is. And 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 if we was to lose to Denmark, I think Denmark will win it. I know Italy and Spain are, are the big the big um, contenders, but. I think the winner of the semi-final, our semi-final, will, will win it um, based on really? sentiment okay. purely. Because, yeah, I just, I just think it's our time. I just think there's something about this tournament, the way it's gone. We haven't even conceded a goal yet. It just, it just all seems to be falling into place, um, and it's different to how it was, you know, a few years ago in the World Cup because I think this team is better. You know, it, it four years ago. Uh, or whenever it was, we didn't have the likes of Foden and Grealish to come off the bench if it wasn't working, or Sancho to you know play one once in the whole tournament. We've got so many options, strength in depth. I, I just, I just can't see past England. I, I know that's dangerous, but but you, you've got to live dangerously sometimes. So I've I've got me Vindaloo and me me John Barnes wrap <laughs> ready to go. Nice one. Nice one. Well, that's good. And also, I think we've got to take into consideration now the last two games are going to be at Wembley and I think they're going to be at 75% capacity, maybe 90. I, I think there's going to be at 60,000 fans there. So, I mean, I, I can't see any other option but it coming home. So, yeah, I've got I've got Vindaloo and I've got Anton Deck and I've got absolutely the, the old classics going on. So, that would be I, definitely... I just want to add. Go on. You know, the, the last time things fell into place and it was written in the stars for, yeah. for us lot here, was the was 2010 right yeah it, 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 I, I was never i've never been more convinced about anything in my life given the way we got to that final that we were going to just go on and win it and um yeah we all know how that went but but yeah come on it's, it's got to be this time isn't it it's now or never now or never I think this is it, 100%. All right, lads, thank you very much for joining. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Matt Dom. Thank you, Matt McClare. And thank you, Ben. And thank you, Marco Silva, for joining the Fulham FC family. We'll be back in due course with some sort of pod to sort of 
talk about transfers or whatnot, or maybe Frenchie and I might just have a nice summer holiday. We don't know yet, do we, mate? You any? We're not going on holiday together. Don't think it's going to be like that. I'm just saying we might. Oh, do we can. That. I don't mind. I've got, nothing, yeah. I've got nothing better to do. We could go to Penzance or something. Yeah, we'll do. We'll sure. look at, we'll look at some places. On. <laughs> thank you very much to everyone, and thank you for listening. We appreciate your support, and we'll be back soon. Ta-ra. Fulham.